welcome to Letters to Our Yesterday, a podcast inspired by extraordinary women. I believe that one of the greatest strengths women have are each other. We often support, guide, encourage and inspire each other. Throughout this series, I'll be speaking to many incredible women about their life journey and together we will explore what advice they would give their younger self. Concha was recently named one of Australia's top 10 women entrepreneurs. She is the co-founder and CEO of Rio Group, an award-winning recruitment and consultancy agency. Stella's mission is to elevate human potential, both in her work with executives and through her social responsibility campaign, Elevate a Nation. Sure, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, my story from the beginning of time, right from a very early age. I thought and I knew that I wanted to be a doctor. So from the tender age of five, I used to call myself Dr. Goose. (laughs) (laughs) Right through school, um, that was my nickname, actually. Dr. Goose. Yeah, and I had uh, friends at school who were disabled. I used to attract the kids who needed a little bit of extra help and I remember by the time I hit high school I was like the local school counsellor whenever someone was you know in need I was the person they used to come to and I was really proud of that because that was really my grounding I remember at the time my favourite movie was Patch Adams and I dreamt of having a life like Patch Adams where I could be the joy and the happiness in someone's life when they were sick and dying so um, at the time I knew medicine was my career and worked hard Ducks my school, high 90s in the UAI, and when I got into my undergrad med course, which was a BMED Rad Sci, uh, I begin to realise that maybe it wasn't right for me. And when I finished my internship year, um, and I did I did a year in the hospital, it was really clear to me that medicine wasn't the right fit. And I guess that was my first big, what you'd call monumental failure. How can you go and do a course like that? And spit out the, at the other end not wanting to do it yeah. um, which is really common these days what, right what was it about it that you found wasn't the right fit for you I wanted to get close to people and medicine asks you to stay very distant yeah. so it was just a fundamental mm-hmm. wrong fit character yeah. fit yeah. and um, after that I, I guess I was I found myself unemployed and unemployable because mm-hmm. I had learnt a trade that was I wasn't going to use it and I wasn't going to use it in any industry. So I started my first business which was called Mind Connection where I was uh, basically a cognitive behavioural therapist so I was using NLP techniques to work with my patients. So funnily enough I took a handful of those patients and rather than working with them at the level of the cell I started working with them at the level of the soul. And that was a beautiful business. I love that business. but from a business perspective, it was a big failure. Okay. So I was making $1,000 a week yeah. and the rent was 700 yeah. just in the office, you know. Mm. So I think uh, that was, yeah, that was very dark. to love something. That was a very dark time. Yeah, yeah, that was a very dark time for yeah. me actually. So yeah. um, where I loved what I was doing, mm. but I didn't have the infrastructure or the business know-how to run a business. Yeah. And uh, I do remember 
good six months there I was just eating eggs and bread for about six weeks I mean it was really bad you know so coming coming out of not wanting to work in the hospital to starting my own business and I guess losing everything and that not working yeah second failure such a big chance yeah Yeah, I just thought oh okay so got it wrong again um and then after a really small stint at Johnson and Johnson I fell into recruitment and it's quite funny uh what I learnt from facing the two first challenges was how to start a business how to have an entrepreneurial flair how to have bedside manner from the hospital and I brought all of those things into recruitment which is dealing with candidates who are sick and dying sick of their job dying to get out you know, it's a really different way to look at really it. Really interesting yeah. way to look at it. And, yeah. and I brought that bedside manner or that medical approach to working with candidates in corporate. Yeah. And that brought me great success. Wow. And at that point, I realised that I had found my home. Yeah. That yeah, It took me six or seven years to find that recruitment was the vehicle That's, for yeah. me to express my best self, wow. was the vehicle for me to... Uh, use all of my skills yeah. in a way where I'd be successful not use yeah. my skills in a way where I would either harm myself or others yeah. so that was the journey to getting into recruitment wow. which was I have a philosophy that uh, the universe always conspires to help you along your journey yeah. and that every challenge that you face life's great challenges is really just an opportunity for you to learn mm. because you can't learn when you're winning it's impossible. That's so true. You can only learn when you're falling or yeah. when you failed or when you faced a challenge. Yeah. And it was that journey of getting to recruitment that allowed me to understand who I was. Yeah. But it doesn't, at that time, how you said it was a really dark time, because mm. it doesn't feel like the universe is working with you through the failure. So what did you do? How did you, how did you make it through? How did you use your failure to thrive? Instead of just, you know, staying in that place. Well, I've always worked with the philosophies that you are manifesting moment to moment your reality based on the thoughts that you have in your mind. So I would simply take the time, and I still do this when I face a challenge, Mm -hmm. I would simply take the time to write out in my diary what is the challenge, what did I face, what did I learn, and what is the new mindset that I'm going to carry forward from yeah. this moment onwards? Okay. Yeah. So what is the new... Who is going to be the new me from this moment onwards? Yeah. Taking in the wisdom of what I've just learned. Mm. Wow. Mm. That's, that's really interesting because I think that absolutely that's the key to success, but it's so hard to learn that. I find that that's one of the hardest things. Do you think you are naturally... Um, you naturally have that ability to kind of tune into your soul, I guess? Or? Uh, I'll answer that in two sections. First yeah. of all, uh, possibly when I was 12 years old, my father, Harry, he gave me a book yeah. called Bring Out the Magic of Your Mind by Al Conran. Mm-hmm. And that was the first, let's say, motivational self-help slash mind evolution book I read and I was 12 wow. okay that's pretty yeah. young did you understand it at the I time? did I did oh, wow. and I took it as gospel yeah so I think chapter two says uh when you say affirmations out aloud the affirmations will become real so yeah. at 12 years old I thought that that was real yeah. I used to do it you know yeah. so 
Yes, I think that perhaps I might have had a predisposition to self-reflection because of my father. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I have a a belief in self-forgiveness. I think that we're awfully hard on ourselves when we face great life challenges and we yeah. fail and we, you know, yeah. we don't live up to people's expectations. But right from a young age, I've always said this to myself. Uh, I forgive myself. I forgive myself for what I have done. And I appreciate who I am. I appreciate my leadership. I appreciate my life. I appreciate my family. I appreciate the house I live in. I appreciate that who I am right now and when you affirmate like that and you have self-forgiveness it allows for you to bring your presence back into the now and to stop telling yourself silly stories I'm not good enough I'm not this and I'm not that so I guess practicing the wisdom has been a key I think even just by that last point you said of being kind to yourself and forgiving yourself for the failure I can see how that can keep you on track to moving forward and not dwelling in what's gone wrong Yes. We're just learning and moving forward. Self-forgiveness. Yeah, I love that. Self-love and self-forgiveness. Yeah. It sounds really soft. Yeah. But it's not. It's powerful. It's very mm. powerful. Because it's not easy. It's really no, hard it's do. not easy. Yeah. And it's the most responsible thing that we can do as humans yeah. in this world. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. So talking again about the failing forward mm-hmm. is the key to success. I know you spoke about that at um, Metcash for the International Women's Day which must have been a really cool experience to speak Yeah. there. Um, Was it a large audience? Yeah, it was reasonably large, large enough. Um, But how did they receive that message about failure? Well, I can only go by what I saw in the audience, but I have received some great feedback afterwards Mm. uh, that it has given them an opportunity to give it a go and not worry about the result. Yeah. Oh, so that's freedom just in itself. That is freedom it? just wow. in itself. Just yeah. in itself. But I my keynote for to them was really a reflection of my personal journey. I started Rio when I was twenty seven years old. And I had wow. come out of a series of career failures, yeah. business failures. I was seriously a nobody mm. and I didn't know much. Yeah. And this I really ground myself in that. No one's taught me mm. how to be a CEO, no one's taught me how to build my business. Yeah. Hard knocks has taught me. Being around the block a few times has taught me. Failing, (laughs) literally the school of failure has taught me how to be a CEO. And recently I've been recognised as a top um, 10 Australian uh, woman entrepreneur and I look at that and I think, well, I didn't go to school. No one taught me. No one taught me how to be a CEO. What taught me was failing. And I'm really passionate about this. And I have two children. They're five and three years old. And I, I will teach them how to fall in love mm. with, you know, trying, not working, forgiving yourself, it's okay, try again. Yeah, yeah. I will teach them that. Because yeah. I, I don't think school does. No, I don't think it does. I think um, I'm not blaming school for it, but there is something in our culture which is kind of shame attached to failure. Yep. Um, so I love that you're going to teach your children, and that's something I teach my kids Yeah. Too. I'm like, it's all right. What's the worst that can happen? You fail. Yeah. Who cares? Try again, you know. 
Well, I, I think that. with that social media, you know, you put a post mm. up, how many likes did I get? Am I the thought yeah. leader? Am I the most popular? Yeah. You know, queen bee syndrome. And I think that all of these things actually create a unhealthy environment mm. for humans to grow. Yeah. And it's not just women, but it's humans, yeah. you know, for yeah. us as humans and souls to evolve. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about um, Edison and how he came up or how he founded the electric light bulb. Yeah. And he... Uh, he tested 4,000 different filaments before he found carbonised bamboo. Yeah. And God forbid our scientists if they feed failure. Mm. I mean, <laughs> we can learn so much from our scientists of course. who have a great structure yeah. and approach to test, review, yeah. test again, review, test, review, win. Of course. And if only we could have that in our approach yeah. to our careers or our life or our children, our marriage, who yeah. knows? I have never thought about it that way. That is so true. Yeah. Some of the greatest treatments have been Through mistakes. Yeah. Th- thank you. Been, they have been mistakes. Yeah. That's absolutely correct. And they're trying to, you know, solve another problem. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. But no one says, "Hey, that no, was that no, was a that was a crappy mistake. effort. That one was." <laughs> <laughs> you know. That is so true. Yeah. That is a really refreshing way to think. Well, about it. this is this is the uh, we're trapped mm. in the way we think. Yeah. We're so trapped. Yeah. And I would love more than anything to share this word with as many people as I can to actually untrap that mind. Because I I do believe that humanity will grow as a result of making that shift. Yeah, I do too. If you see it so clearly in individuals when they have their own shift, Mm. imagine as a collective. As a collective, Mm. that's right. Yeah, Yeah. incredible. Yeah. So something else I'd love to... um, talk about which I really think is related to what we we're just talking about you have a social responsibility campaign within your um, group mm-hmm. which is Elevate a Nation yeah can you explain a little bit about how it works sure and why you wanted to create that as part of your business sure so Rio Group's been operating for nine years our vision mm-hmm. is elevating human potential yeah and we do that yeah. beautifully in the organisation but we do it with, within corporates, mm. within corporate organisations, with educated people out of finance. And I was thinking recently, unless you have a degree mm. and you are educated, we as an organisation simply will not place you in a job because corporate Australia demands yeah. from corporate educated people yeah. a degree postgraduate degree definitely a high school education to be placed in a job so we recruit within finance okay yeah. so generally you need a degree and postgraduate yeah. qualifications mm-hmm. and then I thought I was doing some research only 27 24% of children in remote communities of Australia have access to a school that goes to year 10 Australia's massive so there's no way we can have our public no. systems in you know those yeah. remote areas so what yeah. happens is that children are born into these remote remote areas these country mm-hmm. areas and they just don't go to school and then what ends up happening is is they will not get access to these corporate jobs they they will not be recognized yeah. in corporate australia to have a white collar job mm-hmm. maybe a blue collar job but certainly not in corporate no. australia and that's where we work yeah. so i had a I had a feeling that we really had a responsibility mm-hmm. to these children to help them in some way. I came across a not-for-profit organisation called Dotcom Mob. They're listed as the Indigenous Benevolent Society um, Mm -hmm. on our local NFP register. And what they do is they get uh, distressed computers and uh, 
demountable buildings and they set these computers up in these buildings in remote areas of Australia and the children of the local area have an opportunity to go and sit in front of a computer and what they do is they go and they investigate via Google Earth their local watering hole, they learn about the fish in the area, they learn what Skype is, they Skype each other and what's happening is it's forcing these kids who have no access to a school learn to read, learn to be cognizant of different English words because they're on Skype and they're listening to YouTube and it's forcing them to self-educate. So it's not addressing the fact that there's no schools in remote communities but it's actually uh, we we are um, supporting .com mob in building these centres. So we've taken this right down to our shop floor. So every single candidate that we place, we give 50 days of technology education to kids in remote communities of Australia through .com mob. So we've got a campaign where we're, we're, we're hoping to give 50,000 days in the next yeah. two and a half, three years, so by 2021, wow. which I think will look like a number of centres yeah. set up, yeah. which is awesome. You know, that's us Amazing. taking our success every time we're successful to get the yeah. kids who will never have access to that, yeah. you know. So yeah. uh, the great thing about it is that it's very... Uh, connected to the success of an individual within the organisation of Rio so when they individually are successful someone else is successful so it's classic pay it forward wow yeah it's beautiful thank you really beautiful so and I guess that relates as well to the vision of your company which is to elevate um elevate human potential Mm. and I have to say I got goosebumps when I read this little bit um from your article which was to awaken people to the infinite possibilities around them yeah I just love yeah so what does that look like on a day-to-day basis how do you do that with each candidate well let's just say you're a candidate coming into Rio yeah what brings you into our doors is that you're sick of your job you you need to get out you feel a sense that you you don't have a sense of belonging Mm -hmm. things aren't right for you energetically things aren't right for you so our job is to awaken that candidate to the infinite possibility around mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. not just place them in a new job. Yeah. Because it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. You're not going to attract your perfect job. You're not going to perform in an interview if your energy's down. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Getting a new job is all about chemistry. Yeah. Human to human chemistry. Yeah. So the way we work with our candidates is we work with them at the level of their energy. Okay. Because we think, well, getting a job is really just logistics. Yeah. How are we going to actually help them be their best self in that moment when they're trying to impress someone to get a new job. So we work with them at the level of their thought, how they pitch their best self, how they describe their brand. We work with them on their their chemistry. Chemistry is energy. So how how do you teach that? So that's what we do with our people. It's like an energy makeover kind of. Well, if you want to get a good job, you need it. Because people do not listen to what you say. They make snap job judgments on what they feel when they meet you. Because it radiates. It radiates. So if we're going to be successful as an organisation, we can't just do uh, robotic matching. We need to work with people. So different to anything I've ever heard of recruitment before. It really, really is. Yeah, it is. It's exciting. Yeah. Wow. Um, now, on a bit more of a personal level, yeah. who are the role models in your life or who have been the role models throughout your life? 
Um, I've got two role models. Oprah's my famous yeah. role model because she practices wisdom <laughs> yeah. and I love her. <laughs> uh, but a personal role model, probably the biggest, I'd say, is my grandmother, Stella, who actually only died six weeks ago oh, in my arms. Oh. Yeah, yeah, beautiful story oh, that one was. But I take her name and uh, we have a spe- special connection. My, mm. my grandmother, uh, she faced the biggest challenges, born and bred in the, the poverty of Cyprus, mm. um, had no father, mm. had a very remote mother, was basically orphaned and married my grandfather when she was 15 and had four children before the age of, basically the age of 20. And when my grandfather came to Australia to find a better life, he left her in, in Cyprus with the children in poverty, with no home for four years. And she tells, we have many stories about facing life's great challenges yeah. and made, they, 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 that community or that, that generation mm-hmm. faced a different challenge to what we face. And yeah. we don't know what hard life is, no. but they do. Yeah, I agree. And uh, she has taught me the difference between power mm. and force. Mm. And I think this is important for women yeah. where we may feel sometimes that force is power, but it's not. Yeah. And she she passed recently, and that has been the biggest gift that, that mm. she's given me: how to be a powerful woman, yeah. not a forceful woman. Yeah. What's the difference between the two? Power comes from a sense of knowingness mm. of who you are. Yeah. It comes from deep within you, and yeah. I believe I believe power comes from accepting Mm. the moment for what it is even if the moment that you're living right now is not a great moment and you don't like it like my grandmother Mm. bringing up four kids in poverty for four years no husband etc etc right but accepting uh, I will accept this moment as if this is the moment that I wanted and what happens is when you accept that moment the power comes back you can even feel it when you say it and and the other thing that she taught me was um, really about a great way to explain it is is like when you're faced with a bully Mm. uh, to not show or have fear in the face of that bully so if someone bullies you and says hey you come over here and you do what I want my grandma taught me when someone says that to you you say even if you're scared even if deep down inside you're scared you say no I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Which sounds like a typical Greek woman. Yeah. <laughs> but what she taught me is even when you're scared, what happens mm-hmm. is you hold yourself for eight seconds. And she said to me, and I promise you that that person will never, ever speak to you like that again. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've taken that. Yeah. You know, so bully, you know, me, there's, a, there's a concept, meet bullying with bullying sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. And, but what she taught me is never show fear when you're scared yeah so you hold yourself eight just seconds hold instead. yourself for eight yourself. seconds it's okay yeah. and you will never face that again she taught yeah. me and okay that's very um you know that, that, that that's very reptilian mind mm. but mm. that's what she taught me yeah. from her days 90 years ago that yeah. was important because that that's how people well yeah. it's something that she's taught me yeah. i don't really think i've used it a lot but yeah it is a message that she taught me. Yeah. The difference between force and power. Yeah. Very important. Beautiful. And something you pass on to your children now. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's something else interesting that I've heard about your family tree, which I believe is on your other side. Yes. Is that um, you are related some generations ago to Queen Sophia of Greece. Yes. So my father's grandfather's grandfather married uh, or fell in love with Queen Sophia and eloped with her to Cyprus. Actually, no, I tell that wrong. My grandfather's grandfather eloped with Queen Sophia's daughter. Sorry, excuse me. And um, that's, you know, my family tree. And that's where I get my daughter's name, Sophia. And my grandmother told me that story. My grandmother, who's currently in Cyprus, still alive, told me that story seven years ago. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know it. Just recently. Well, yeah, I didn't really know that story. And... um, my grandfather's grandfather was the general of the Cypriot army, so that's how they got to know each yeah. other. Because I think, how, how did these yeah, things happen back in the day, yeah. back when there were, you know, horse and cart? Yeah. yeah, interesting. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. Good fact to know about it's your family. It's just an interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Um, so what do you think, um, it's a very general question, but I think it's a complicated question too, what do you think life is all about through your experiences you've had? I think that everyone has a purpose in life Um, and I think that we've got, I believe that we've got two roles here, one to live out our purpose which is external to us and the other one is to live out our internal purpose and Mm. I believe that our internal purpose is to be present Mm. because there is no future, there is no past, all we have is this moment now, there is is a figment of the future, Mm. there's a memory of the past and I think the purpose is actually to learn how to be present wow. and that is it yeah that's and then, not an easy lesson to learn either yeah, well, we it's, in a time yeah. we're so distracted sure <laughs> well that hard. is the, that is yeah. probably the only lesson that we mm. need to learn and what comes out of that and what hangs off that yeah. is joy yeah. enjoyment mm. acceptance yeah very wise very wise <laughs> yeah okay and my final question to you what would you write in a letter to you yesterday I would I would write to to really embrace life's challenges in mm. particularly failure mm. and when they happen to celebrate that yeah. there's been another one yeah because that's another great learning that you wouldn't have gotten unless yeah. you went through it yeah and to to forgive yourself mm. and to love yourself through anything that you've done that you think might yeah. be wrong um that's what I would say to my, my younger self. Yeah. yeah. Great advice. Mm. Thank you so much, Stella, for chatting t- with me today. You're that welcome. Was so interesting. Yeah. But also, I feel like you passed on so much wisdom um, to myself and to everyone listening. So, thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> thank you for listening to Letters to Our Yesterday. If you enjoyed this conversation and feel inspired to, please take a moment to rate and review or share it with someone you love. If you'd like to connect with me or find out more about this podcast and my book which shares the same name, please visit my website, karensepulveda.com. Thank you again, and don't forget to subscribe to hear more conversations with extraordinary women.